0: Welcome back, this is Siemens Process Automation Digitalization Tech Talks, where we keep you up to date with the latest digital technologies and how they're being applied today in the process industries. This episode is all about artificial intelligence and machine learning. A couple technologies that are talked about a lot but can sometimes be difficult to understand exactly what they are and how they can be used in a practical way. And so in this episode, I am joined by Don Mack and Clayton French to dive into artificial intelligence and machine learning. We're gonna talk about how they're not technologies that are taking our jobs and taking over the world, but how process customers are using these technologies for things like predictive maintenance and process control optimization. And so, without further ado, let's go ahead and jump right into this conversation with Don and Clayton. Okay, welcome Don and Clayton on your second podcast. Um, Thank you guys for joining. So, today we're talking about artificial intelligence and machine learning. I think everyone has heard those terms. Maybe not everyone knows what it is or how it's used in a practical way. So, let's start it off simple. What is artificial intelligence and What is machine learning? How do they compare to each other?
1: Yeah, thanks, Ben. Really appreciate you inviting Clayton and I to participate in the podcast. And I can start out with a little bit of uh, background on AI and ML. I I think generally people understand the definition of of AI, uh, robots and computers thinking like humans. Everybody's seen lots of movies and news reports and uh, all different kinds of things over the years. Um, The concept of AI has really been around for centuries mathematicians, philosophers, authors have, have all speculated about this concept of artificial intelligence. Um, the, the term itself actually came about in the mid-50s from a gentleman named John McCarthy. He was a MIT researcher and he was at this workshop and uh, came up with that term. So it's been around for 60 plus years, uh, the AI term. Machine learning is a subset of artificial intelligence and it's the term machine learning is almost as old as artificial intelligence. It came about in the late 50s, and uh, it, it really has to do with uh, machines having the ability to learn and improve, so so developing artificial intelligence with experience without being programmed. So that that's really the the, the the difference is that machine learning is based on looking at a bunch of data and learning from that and using that experience to become smarter. And Ben, since these terms have evolved, uh, there's been significant development in the technology for the past 60 plus years. Uh, I think we've we've uh, we're all familiar with some of the things that have occurred. And and it's worked its way to today where we all have a smartphone that has an AI chip built into it. And it can do things like uh, help you get home, uh, find your way home, can convert speech to to text and text to speech and uh, also facial recognition. Things we wouldn't have imagined just a few years ago. Now we have them in the palm of our hand.
2: Yeah, those are great examples. And I just want to add like uh, with the um, GPS example, those those are being used every day. So every time you leave, it kind of gives you an estimated time of how long it takes you to get to your destination. Well, those aren't necessarily just based on the current um, traffic, but it could also be based on taking data from past events like the history. So if you think about maybe on this day, given these weather conditions or given these events or given these trends, um, how long it took you to get home, those types of uh, criteria are in, are taking effect on how, how they come up with that estimated time. So it's not uh, just a straight look at the data now, which is exactly how machine learning works. It's a look at how it has happened in the past and with all these other uh, factors built in as well.
0: Yeah, and I think we could talk for a while about a ton of examples in our personal life of artificial intelligence and machine learning that makes our life easier um, and solves a problem for us. But moving on to process industries, why why would you say AI is important to the process industries? How does it relate to that?
1: Well, I think it helps us solve some basic business problems around areas such as maintenance and uh, optimization. And uh, the, the way that it does this is by, and, I, and I'll use a term called lowering the cost of prediction. This is a, a, a phrase that I've, I found in a book called Prediction Machines by three professors from the University of Toronto's Rotman School of Management. And um, in there, they, uh, they, they did a, a comparison to autonomous vehicles and the fact that um, when, when the when autonomous vehicles were were starting to be created and and developed and the idea was there, uh, they were basically programmed and and you you had a bunch of what if scenarios that had to be programmed um, manually. And the the problem with that is it's impossible to program all of the what if scenarios. Um, So, so what ended up happening and what really brought autonomous vehicles to fruition was that that problem was converted from a programming problem into a prediction problem. So instead of trying to program everything in, you're looking at data and trying to determine what would a good human driver do in order to be able to, to uh, take that and make it autonomous and what decisions would they make. So you do that by looking at data and then making decisions based on that data. And this is similar to what we're, we're doing in the process uh, process industries world. We're in the areas of maintenance and optimization, looking at data and making predictions based on all of that data.
0: Yeah, and so we're using these technologies a lot in our You know, mentioned some use cases in our personal life, Um, it's now becoming very important to the process industries, but you've been talking about how it's kind of been developing over the last 50 years. So why are we hearing about this so much now? Um, Why is now the time to start getting some artificial intelligence into your process?
1: Well, I think the, the first step with uh, using artificial intelligence is you have to have the data. You have to have a lot of data that really is the basis for everything. And there's, there's nothing better than a DCS system and a, and a, and a process plant to, to, than, than the, for as far as collect or creating data. So we have the data that's, that's been available. And, and if anything, more and more sensors are being added into plants. So there's more and more data being available. So that's the first step. The second step is you have to be able to take that data and get it from point A to point B. And communication networks have been improving dramatically over years. And, and we have these new technologies, these exciting new technologies coming out like industrial Wi-Fi and 5G. And as those start to come into play more and more and wireless capabilities, so it will be even better capabilities to get the data from point A to point B. Now, once you get it to point B, you're not quite there yet because you still have to be able to integrate that data uh, into an, an overall structure to be able to use it within the ai tools and, and have it do its thing so the other the other part of that is that the data integration capabilities have improved international standards are out and there's there's lots of techniques and technologies to be able to uh, to, to take the data and, and make use of it in a in a uh, functional way and then finally once you have the data all in that same format you need to have this this high level of computing power in order to process all of it and that computer power, computing power is now available as well so we have all of those pieces in place, and what that's led to is suppliers, Siemens and others, are now creating tools, digitalization, industry 4.0, whatever term you want to use, tools that make use of artificial intelligence on the plant floor, and that's pretty exciting.
0: Yeah, that, that definitely is exciting. And so, I mean, just piggybacking off of that, can you go into some of these tools, some of these use cases, and how you know Siemens and other suppliers are – um, applying artificial intelligence to, to help our customers?
2: Sure. Yeah, I can take that one. So um, we have an interesting use case out of, out of China um, for predictive maintenance, and it's, a, it's an oil refinery. And what we did is we partnered with them for a for pilot to see um, if there was any way that we could use uh, predictive analytics to prevent shutdowns. So they had this critical piece of equipment, this rotating equipment, um, where the compressor output pressure would drop and every time that dropped, they had to take it offline so the idea was is there any way we could have predicted this happening beforehand so that maybe we could have uh, taken countermeasures to prevent it from going offline or maybe shifted production to a, to, a, to a different uh, resource in order to to fix the asset um, and and how what effect would that have and, and just for some context this This piece of equipment for every hour that it's down, it's about 50,000 euro. Um, So it's a very critical piece of equipment. So what we did is we took some historical data. So we do this thing called a feasibility study. This is where we take the historical data. Um, And and in this case, we took about six months of historical data. And we saw that this happened twice in the last six months. So quite quite a lot of lost revenue there. And what we did was we, uh, our data scientists at Siemens here, uh, looked at the data, created a model, and what we found, so we took, when we when we look at the data and we, we look at the model, we don't just take data from one source. We're not just looking at the output pressure. Uh, what we do is we do a correlation analysis. Uh, we use a GMN model of machine learning, and we take all these different inputs. So, for example, you have... Um, Let's see, you have the speed of the compressor, the input pressure, the level, like the, the lube oil level, the input temperature, the output flow, and the temperature axis. So those are just a few of them um, that we took and created this model that, that showed a correlation. And what we found was quite impressive. We were able to predict 18 hours ahead of time when this part failed or, or when the DCS alarm would have, would have shown a, a, a drop in output pressure. So with that, uh, that saves roughly 300,000 euro uh, in in downtime. So it's quite uh, quite impressive what what you can do We've just taking historical data and and modeling it. Now, once you have the model created, what happens there is then you put it into our application, uh, for example, Siemens Predictive Analytics. And what that will do is that will monitor the uh, asset in real time. So now if this uh, these anomalies happen again against this model, you'll be alerted and can take action. So you can avoid that downtime completely.
1: Another use case, uh, Ben, that we've we've seen is process control optimization. Uh, so, so where Clayton was focused on the predictive maintenance side of things, focused on the process control optimizing, trying to get the most out of your process. But interestingly, we're looking at it based on business goals or business targets. So um, at, at different companies, there are different situations as far as what their overall business goals are. Sometimes they're focused on getting the best quality they can out of the product. Sometimes they just wanna make as much product as they possibly can. Sometimes they're just looking to try to stabilize their process, very unstable process and difficult to control. So those could be some different business targets. And, and sometimes those business targets will change from time to time, depending on the, the, the what's happening in the world and, and what's happening within the company. And what we're doing is we're now taking those business targets and we're tying them in to information that we learn from the system from an art, using using artificial intelligence. And the way that we're doing that is is sort of similar to what Clayton talked about, where we're looking at at uh, data, uh, lots of different sources of data uh, coming from the DCS or the historian or all different types of sources, and and comparing that um, to a model. Well, well, first of all, we're developing a model, and then once the model is developed. We run the artificial intelligence engine, and it compares against what its uh, model is, and it'll detect what are called anomalies. And essentially, an anomaly is an, an issue, and um, then we'll we'll determine uh, with communications with the plant personnel why those different anomalies uh, have occurred, and then we'll tie them to the specific business targets that they're focused on. And that way, what we can do is, as those anomalies occur in the future, uh, we can give them a, a relevance level based on, the, uh, based on the business target. So, the ones that are uh, most addressing the business targets that they're trying to reach would be the ones that would have the highest uh, relevance rating. So that can be very valuable for um, for for our, our, our customers to be able to optimize their process control. And, and the tool that Siemens has to, to do this is called AI Anomaly Assistant. And again, what that's doing is is taking uh, creating the the AI model, comparing it against what's happening today, and then also comparing it to those business targets in order to optimize the um, the process control. Yeah, and I would just like to add that um, you
2: know taking the data in both of these use cases, the data is important, taking it from historians or DCS, um, wherever is very important. But the other part of it is is taking that knowledge-based analytics. Um, and, and both applications have this natural language processing that, that we uh, enable to to review maintenance reports and, and various manuals to not only diagnose the problem, um, I mean, to not only predict the problem, but to also be able to diagnose the problem. So not only can you see that this event could happen in the future but you'll automatically have the appropriate countermeasures recommended to you and I think that's something that's very important it's not just about the raw data but also about the knowledge that that you as a customer have or that that your maintenance workers have or that your past maintenance reports have right
0: yeah so I think those are all great examples of kind of how we're applying into the process industries and examples that really helped. Um, that customer. And so it's coming from, you know, whatever data they have, but they seem, you know, for a case by case basis, it might be a specific area that you want to apply this knowledge and improve on. So what um, I I feel like if I was a customer, it feels like a lot at first, what are the key considerations that I would think about my process and my business um, to to move towards an, a solution that uses artificial intelligence? What area of my business would I target? Like kind of how do you really start or your key considerations to really get this going?
1: Yeah, Ben, I, I think it's important for customers. And, and, and I know we talked about this in the the last podcast. You, you spoke with Jonas Norinder. And um, I think it's really important that customers before they they move down any particular path or with any particular tool, they look at it and assess their overall situation. So uh, the, the way to get started is really to, to, to learn um, about tools that are out there just to be aware of, of what's available. And then also make sure that internally you have alignment with the rest of your, your, your colleagues and that everybody's kind of on the same page as far as what you're what you're trying to do. Once you've established that common ground, then I I think the next step is assessing where you are today and trying to get a base understanding for your overall level of maturity from an IIo2 standpoint. From there, the next step will be defining where you want to get to. So what's your future state? So that kind of creates your your point A and your point B. I'm here and I want to get to here. And then from there, you can create an action plan that'll get you from point A to point B. Now, this is where specific projects start to come into play, and you'll develop a, a prioritized list of projects and a roadmap. And that roadmap will will look at, you know, what are they going to be? The, maybe the easiest things to incorporate. What's the low-hanging fruit? Uh, what type of ROI are we looking for? How much budget do we need? When do we plan to implement this? And all of that can be incorporated into the action plan. And then. Uh, the end result of that is uh, is, is to come up with the, the the projects that seem to make the most sense for you, and then uh, hopefully get some internal alignment and uh, budgeting for it, and start moving down the path of uh, if doing the projects. Maybe it's AI, maybe it isn't. You know, you have to determine that case by case. And, and Siemens and other companies can can assist with that if needed, if uh, additional resources are needed to to help figure that out. And if you do determine that AI is a, uh, is a good path forward, then, and Clayton talked a little bit about this with the example that he mentioned from China, where you go through a, uh, what we like to call a value co-creation project or, or a feasibility study that's going to essentially uh, determine uh, if this is a good fit or not. So it seems like it might be a good fit for whether it's predictive maintenance or process control optimization or whatever it happens to be. Uh, go uh, and understand what type of data you have, uh, is that data easily accessible? Can you bring it together so that the AI can have it available to to do its analysis? Uh, if you get to that point where it can, then you can create your models and use the, um, the model to compare, to compare against what's actually happening in the plant, uh, determine if there are specific issues that need to be addressed. Uh, this will allow you to do an evaluation phase where you can, um, you're going to, you're going to improve your AI over time it, 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 with, with machine learning, it's one of these situations where you go from having a high school degree to a bachelor's degree to a master's degree and a doctorate eventually, as it learns more information has more data to analyze, uh, it just gets better and better. So 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 you go through this analysis, you'll compare it against your KPIs. And ultimately if it looks like it's going to be a good fit then you'll you'll roll it out into standard operations so there there is a, a bit of a process to, to, to determine what is a good fit for you is AI a good fit or isn't it and then if it does seem like it makes sense go through this pilot type project and eventually roll it out if it if it uh, seems to give you the results that you're seeking
0: all right thank you Don well I think this was a good overview we learned you know what it is we learned it's not going to take over the world some personal examples some examples of how we're using it in the process industries and some key considerations to really get started. Um, So with that, I think we could just wrap up this podcast. And like always, if people have questions, I'll include your contact info in the show notes. Um, But if they wanted to learn any more about AI and machine learning, are there any websites or links that we could also provide?
1: Uh, sure, Ben, if the listeners are interested in learning more, uh, Clayton and myself and uh, another colleague, we did a webinar recently and that is recorded and has some details more about the use cases that we discussed and uh, we could share the link to the website to allow you to access that. We are also presenting at some upcoming conferences and uh, we'll have links uh, on that same website to information about the conference presentations in case anybody's interested. So lot, lots of good information out there and uh, it'd be great if we could share that with the listeners.
0: Yeah, and I'll make sure to provide all of that in the show notes. And, you know, I think that's it. So thank you guys for joining. It was a really great episode.
1: Thanks, Ben. Thank you.